Yo, how's it going, everybody? I uh, hope everyone has been having a great and victorious week. Uh, we want to welcome you back to the desire. <laughs> I can't even. Naruto podcast. Naruto podcast. The desire, the fire podcast. Bleach podcast. Bleach. Were you saying Naruto? I heard a Nato. You know the Bankai podcast. The Japanese beans. That's that's gross. Bankai podcast. Bankai podcast. We're changing our name, guys. We need the release. We need to release the seals within our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, I was going Super Saiyan. Actually, that's different. You're going Super Saiyan. Oh, do you know? Actually, they came out with a new series of Dragon Ball. Oh, I heard. I heard. Um, Dragon Ball's coming back. And this is actually going back to uh, canon. So GT doesn't necessarily count as canon. So GT never existed. Well, never happened. Like it's kind of like we're just gonna fiction. ignore it. Fanfiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <it'd> be, <laughs> Nobody liked it. Let's be honest. Oh my gosh. There are no fans it's of Dragon Ball Nobody refers to it anymore. But it's Dragon Ball Z that's still... I think Dragon Ball GT is the coolest name though. It sounds like Goku's going to hop in a Formula 1 race car. And like... It's like Dragon Ball Racing. I think it's the same thing actually. Grand, Grand Tour. Grand, Grand Tour or Grand Turismo? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Wait. we're the Dragon Ball... We're the Dragon Ball podcast now? <laughs> so... No, no, uh, no, no joke. I actually, uh, periodically, like this happens like once every two or three months, I'll yeah. sit down and watch stop motion videos of Dragon Ball action figures fighting against each other. <laughs> Why do you do that? Dude, no, but this is really well made. You have to understand. Oh my gosh. Like it, I don't care how well made stop motion Dragon Ball Z action figure movies are. <laughs> Like it's still fighting, stop dude. motion Dragon you know, It's Ball like your, your imagination come to life. This Through action like, figures. This is like how I played, but now I get to see how it actually would look like. In, oh my gosh, my you have you have seen, your dream has come true. I actually have a Trunks figure sitting on my bookshelf right now, looking right at me actually. Trunks? Trunks yeah. is the, the weird looking one with purple hair. How is he weird looking? He's a weird looking one with a stupid sword. Do you, do you feel your heart cringe right now? No, I'm just getting like Super Saiyan 1 because I'm so pissed off right now. I'm, I'm glad. Did you Have you seen... You, you know what kind of videos I like to watch? What do you like to watch? You know those guys that are going Super Saiyan? <laughs> and most of the time, they're not trying to go Super Saiyan. <laughs> and then people like add in the animations as they get like mad or like they're like screaming. Oh. <laughs> and then oh. they're like... <laughs> Yeah. It's like the soccer coach and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those are well made, man. Actually, those yeah, are yeah, my... yeah, I totally get you. They're That's usually my... in like sports context, though. <laughs> I've seen um, Steph Curry. Steph Curry yeah. with the. <laughs> I always see that stuff on like Bleacher Report more than anything else. It's like the most. Yeah, yeah. That's my imagination come to life. <laughs> That's what I see. Notice that the world that we live in is shaped by Dragon Ball. No, it's not. Well, I guess, okay, then we're officially renaming our podcast the Dragon Ball Podcast. To be honest, I was more of a, first a believer of Dragon Ball before I was a believer of Christ. So, you're a believer of Dragon Ball? I'm just going to put that out there. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I genuinely thought we could get increase our key level to, to be able to fly one day. How, uh, how many uh, Dragon Balls are there? Seven. There's seven? Yeah. Have you seen a Dragon Ball in real life? I actually have in my possession one on my phone. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> my uh, Kakao profile picture is a Dragon Ball. 
Oh my gosh, it is. <laughs> so if you get all, if you get all the Dragon Balls, what would you do with them? Um, that's a good question. I've never actually thought to obtain all seven Dragon Balls. <laughs> you never thought to obtain. <laughs> this is some some deep conversation here. This is like some philosophical, like next level stuff. Ironically, we're wasting everyone's time in our uh, our the title of our dude, man. Is, we've already changed our podcast to the Dragon Ball Podcast. We're talking about our subject now. The, t- the title of our podcast episode is "Do You Have a Few Minutes?" And we've, we've okay, just, so so um, Desire of the Fire is now the Dragon Ball. Think there's that one band. Uh, <laughs> they they had that like 13 second track, and it was just that song. I just wasted. See, I think this is the fifth time you mentioned it. It's Reliant K, and oh, it's yeah. actually like, I think it's ten it's seconds are live. It's track. like a thirteen second. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I really like that track. Anyway, so, so welcome so. to the Desire of the Fire podcast. Uh, welcome. We're back to the. We're back five to minutes of, of this episode. <laughs> um, this is uh DP and my partner, Chandelier. Yes, I get that confused when I type that sometimes. Chandelier? It's our our chandelier and um DP. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh Chandler, I want to start off this episode. Let, we're gonna restart. Uh how do you feel when people approach you at random? Do you ever get approached like just chilling while you're eating lunch and stuff like that? You get you get approached a lot when you're like at the beach, you're walking down like boardwalk or the street main street. And then they try to get you uh, to go inside a bar to drink alcohol. Uh, well, that's a different. You know what I'm saying? Approaching. No, I've you know never what I'm had that experience. No, they're like they're like the I don't know the promoters oh, that promoters. are standing outside that like, are oh, trying check to out like, my bar and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and then they're like, oh, we got free drinks, we got the cheapest beer, we got we got the girls, and it's like uh, I don't I don't really do that stuff, man. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do you feel when you get approached randomly like by people like that? Um, I don't know. It depends, but sometimes I listen to them, but sometimes it's tough because you don't really care about what they're trying to say. Okay. So, like, uh, do you ever get annoyed? Because personally... I think it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm trying to get somewhere, if I'm doing something or I'm, like, you know... Like, or if you're just, like, chilling and, like, strolling if through. I'm If I'm chilling and stuff, I think that's that's not as bad, and I'll I'll... I'll talk and listen to them and you know i'm waiting and i'll let them know i have like oh i have like 10 minutes before this person comes and i have to go uh-huh. you know but i'll set it i'll be clear but i'll I'll give them you know time for sure um i, I don't know about you but i get approached by the most random people here and there um okay okay, okay. could you describe how you look like sir i look like um four foot eight uh gimli. what are you what it what isn't that like, like a dwarf or something <laughs> from uh, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> so you're uh you're uh, Gimli. I'm gonna look this up right now. Gimli. I'm just kidding. No, I used to. <laughs> I was growing out a beard for a while, and uh, he's like he looks like Hagrid. <laughs> he, he looks like Hagrid does. with a battle axe and a and a helmet. Like a short Hagrid with a yeah, lot lot hardier. Yeah, yeah. Battle test. No, no. I mean, what do you mean? What do I look like? I look like a. Are you? Do you look approachable? I don't feel like you look approachable. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm always looking pissed off because whenever I'm outside, there's the sun glaring, you know, and you kind of have to 
squint your eyes a little bit, but that just <laughs> never helps my my image. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, like the most annoying people will come up to me. It's always about like this, this uh petition. I'll sign this petition to get our uh, our bullet trains finally in California. <laughs> or like, I, I, you know, I've gotten uh, approached for that before, and. I, it's just strange because like I'll be like, you know how much this is gonna cost, right? And like yeah. if you strike a conversation that's negative, they kind of yeah. get mad at you and they kind of like treat you like you don't know kind of thing. <laughs> but it's me kind of being like, hey, I'm just trying to bring a like, you know, like, do you know? <laughs> so you kind of turn their weapon against them and get them yeah, mad like, at you. <laughs> I, well, I don't, I don't want them to be mad at me. It's just like. Yeah. I guess I'm being a cynic, but well, no, I mean they're petitioning for something, and you're saying like you're like the opposing party, so it's like oh, forget you, then <laughs> go someone's gonna actually. No, I it. I'd love a bullet train going up and down California. Honestly sure. speaking, but it'll it's co- just probably cost like eighty bucks. 80, 80, <laughs> no, I'm talking okay. Yes, yes, it'll cost eighty bucks, <laughs> but to build the bullet train will yeah. cost like billions and billions. Well, if we're going political here for a second now, I guess. Um, I guess, I guess. You My create bad. a lot of jobs with it, which is definitely something that we need here in the state of California, and it but produces I think, revenue. Okay, yeah, let's let's not go down that path. It's just sucker. Maybe some people from Portland <laughs> actually come down to San Diego or something. My uh, my intentions in bringing up the question though is to. Um, see what the response is. And I don't think I've gotten a, a legitimate, like thoughtful response. It's always been kind of like attacking me back mm. when I guess the way that I talk, people think I'm always attacking them. They're oh, they yeah. kind of scared. So your intention is to strike up meaningful conversation, but it always comes off as a little more hostile than intended. Yeah. Like I'm just looking for answers here. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Well that kind of uh, makes a, makes a good uh, segue into my point here is the reason we asked this question is because, um, the question of the day today is, why, why the random evangelism, or is, is it even effective, or it, does it does it help at all? Or yeah, or, this has become a pretty hot topic within the Christian community, right? And more so, it's something that I've been thinking about, especially having just come back from a mission trip, where half the time we approach people randomly, or I would say like ninety five percent of the time. There's no way there's like a precedent where I we have a relationship with people in the mission field and stuff, right? So, yeah, I mean, uh, the whole basis of the mission trip that I went on was to randomly evangelize and share the gospel, and so make friends, making friends, uh, teaching English, and and trying to share the gospel and stuff like that. So, uh, like you said, it has been a hot button issue within Christianity, and um, I thought it'd be kind of cool for us to explore some of the common criticisms that that I've heard. Maybe you've heard some more, Chandler, but. Uh, these are a couple of the things that I've heard. Um, the number one thing that uh, has really come up is that you're just bothering people. And so what I mean by that is, uh, like, for instance, while I was in Thailand, uh, we had an orientation on how to approach people with the gospel. And he said, number one thing, do not go to people who are eating. And that was an interesting thing because, you know, personally, I don't like being bothered when I'm eating. Neither does my cat or any dog that I've ever had. You know, you just don't bother people while they're eating. But... <laughs> Yeah, I will actually start growling at you if you uh, come up to me and stuff, right? But the thing is, in Thailand, it's a little different. And I would imagine many Asian countries are like this, too, is that uh, when someone approaches them while they're eating, uh, Thai people have a tendency not to eat their food. And what it is is to show a a symbol of politeness um, to say that I'm going to give you my full attention so that it doesn't look or appear that my attention is divided between you and my food that kind of thing right so i remember up, now 
Yeah. So what ends up happening is if you're sharing the gospel for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, their food's just getting cold and like not eaten and they're probably hungry. They have a short lunch break, might not have the time to eat it and so on and so forth. And a lot of different problems. And, you know, a lot of Thai food is noodle based. And Chandler, you and I, uh, we know we come from a culture that really hates having noodles sit in soup for a long time, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it too much, though. More food for me. Uh, personally, I'm not, I'm not much of a fan of that stuff. And anyway, you know, like, uh, th- there's this issue of you might potentially be bothering this person. Right, uh, I right. I know some people who have who've made the mistake of interrupting deep and meaningful conversations that people were having with each other just so that they could share their agenda and so on and so forth. Um, and I, I think just an easy, easy, quick lesson is just observe the su- situation before you go there, right? But a lot of people unfortunately fail to do that, and it leaves a bitter, bitter aftertaste for a lot of people who were otherwise enjoying their day, but were now interrupted with the gospel as opposed to presented with, with the message that saves life. You know, interesting. Interrupted is a key word there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's one thing that uh, I I found was a common criticism, even among people who eventually did come to receive Christ. Uh, they'll share stories of like. Oh, but there was this one annoying day where, like, <laughs> some Christian, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This you know, to be honest, even after I became Christian, people approach me, and I'm, like, in the middle of something. I get really annoyed with them, you know? <laughs> like, hey, I'm in the middle of something. Can't you see? And I'll start, like, chewing them out and, like, oh, Father, forgive me. <laughs> I uh, probably scared this person from ever evangelizing again. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, like, we, we have to exercise a bit of common sense. I don't know. You have any thoughts on this? Um. People, people, those kind of stories? What do you mean? Well, like, have you ever been bothered in that sense? And that's kind of going back to the original question. Um, I think it's been a while since someone's approached me. Um, I can't remember the last time I've been approached. Which is kind of sad, too. <laughs> no, no, I mean, one, like, no one wants to save me. No, no, more than that, there's, like, no one out there in your community that is doing this you know yeah this is i'm not really in places though i feel like that people would just randomly come up and talk to me you mean like in your cubicle as you're working yeah so the place that i spend the most time is at work for like nine hours sure um and then i drive so about one hour each way let's say you mean you wouldn't want to hear the gospel as you're driving another (laughs) another car (laughs) dude i was thinking of uh this is getting sidetracked, but I was thinking, you know, everyone's stuck in traffic. What mm-hmm. if you installed speakers externally on your uh, on your car, and then every like seven at seven thirty in the morning, you're like, "All right, it's that time of the, time of the morning again. It's time for me to rap for all you guys on the four hundred five freeway." <laughs> you know, they actually do something like that in the streets of LA. Have you ever seen it? Where no, like, I have uh, never seen that. They have like megaphones and all like. Sh- try to preach in the middle of the street on oh the I, i've seen that i've yeah, seen that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that but only in the middle of traffic as if people weren't pissed off already <laughs> but at least give them a show up but then you can get them into a car accident and stuff but yeah. it's like they're kind of stuck so you're forcing them to listen to you I, yeah. it's like one of those things that i i've heard that I, i'd like i like is that um you can close your eyes but you can't really close your ears without like putting your hands to your ears you know mm-hmm. but your eyes you can always close because you have ear- eyelids and right. it's hard for you to close your ears it's easy for you to close your eyes so it's like i'm gonna wrap them the gospel at 7 30 in the morning every day <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh 
Hey, but on, on a side note, um, do you drive on the five at all as you're going up to LA? Um, I've been more so because I actually sw- switched my hours to right. uh, six to three. So during um during my commute to three. Yeah, so <laughs> stop laughing. It's so during the time I'm driving around five AM, um the five is actually not that bad and it's the straightest route to LA, so I mm-hmm. do take it now. <laughs> but have you noticed uh there's like a billboard that says um it refers to the Bible and says something about truth and then they leave you a hotline, it's like a eight hundred number. 800 going northbound or southbound i think it's going southbound what what so i get on the five at the 710 and then i get off at the 605 is it between that oh you know what it might be right after the 605 interchange yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't go there yeah anyway there's a i saw this back when i was living in the area too but there's like a billboard there so people i don't know which group it is but some group of christians have been really um proponents of the gospel by making uh-huh. they own a billboard and it's like a hotline that you can call and uh, uh the first time i caught it was on a way on the, on the way to a retreat that i was taking my uh youth kids to and one of the kids called it and like he was freaking out because someone actually answered the phone and he was no way it. i was like oh are you a person and then the person on the line is like yeah and then he's like and then he freaked out and hung up but <laughs> Yeah, there's like, I'm hoping these guys are all Christians, but uh, yeah, there's trained people that are actually answering phones and they're evangelizing in the middle of the the street, the freeway by, wow. by putting up billboards and stuff. But yeah, anyway, that's, not that's cheap. That's a different discussion for another day, which is kind of cool though, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, so this whole random evangelism thing, a lot of times you run into the problem of of bothering people, right? Yeah. So there's another issue too. Doesn't. This is a question that I think you and I, we went back and forth with uh, when we were in school, too. But does it really work? Random evangelism, does that really work? And even if it does, uh, is there a follow-up to it? Uh, Chandler, do you remember a couple of years when we were in school, there was an event called Fresh? Yeah. Was it in L.A.? Was it David Crowder? There was David Crowder once, yeah. And then there was... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you remember? Yeah, I remember now. So this is a huge outreach that we used to take part in, like our, our organization that we were part of, right? And Yeah. And like we did this one more time when I when I became a staff with the organization, right? And they they mentioned that the big problem with the the project that we did it that we did when we were in school was that there was no follow up to all the people that had heard the gospel. Yeah. So there was a big altar call, a lot of people came up. But there was no follow-up. They didn't get connected to any churches or anything like that. So here's another big problem with event, random evangelism is that, A, does it really work? And B, even if it does, is there any follow-up to it? Uh, you have any thoughts on it? Even I think um, yeah. talking about your organization, one of the things that are, is good is that there's follow-up. That it's not just – it's. I think when you have structure, it's always good. Um, so when you, even if you randomly evangelize, you have, you share tract usually, right? Yeah. And then, um, with that certain tract that you use, you can follow up. There's other books that you can do if they're interested to keep going. Right. But, um, I think that's always good. But one of the things that I noticed, um, about our organization is that let's say during Wel- welcome week, we, s- we just sign people up. Right. So the first week of college, right? Yeah. They're not, they're, we're not checking if they're Christian and we don't even care. Like it doesn't matter. We're just signing people up. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, my experience through that is that, um, we do, uh, we do hit a lot of people and a lot of different people. Yeah. And through that, 
um, random event of chance and talking to them, yeah. which leads to evangelism and there's follow-up, mm-hmm. people have become saved. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so like just casting the net broadly to a general population of people and hoping that someone within that group would actually come to you yeah. the last one to be saved. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like we're waiting for these people to sign up to us. We're going to them and we're like, hey, how are you doing? You know, sign up for this. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, uh, one of the other things, too, was that, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the gospel tracks earlier, uh, just like a couple a minute or so ago. And I've seen and come across a lot of different ones. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, coincidentally enough, I found uh, the one that my ministry uses actually was being sold in Christian bookstores and stuff like that. So I was pretty surprised with that, right? Interesting. Because, uh, I was always under the impression that it was just our ministry that sold it. But no, it's been it's in wide publication. And um, there's that. And I've looked at a number of different gospel, gospel tracks, too. And people will pick and choose which ones they like because of this reason and that reason. But at the end of the day, you know, I've looked through the messages. And I, uh, I've shared a number of different ones, too. And the message is essentially the same thing. That you need Christ and you're a sinner and that you need uh, his redemptive blood and his death and resurrection on the cross in order to save you. You know what? I'm going to bring up one thing. I just read a book. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Radical by David Platt. I don't yeah, know if yeah. other people know. You know about it? Right. He basically calls out that tract. Yeah. Book. You know, actually, he's he's not the only one, too. There's a lot of uh, outspoken yeah, there's, pastors. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Do you recall what, what his argument was against the tract? Uh, it leaves out hell, basically. Oh, that it doesn't cover cover the basis of uh, real salvation and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Right, right. And so, yeah, that's a very uh, prominent and outspoken, um, uh, what is it, uh, argument against simple random evangelism in that sense, too, right? So, yeah. Uh, that's an interesting but thought. In random evangelism, that is one of the messages that is very difficult to bring up because you have, like, literally 5, 10, 15 minutes with them. Right. And so... It, yeah, you're afraid to go into the the notion of hell, which is a uh, very offensive to a lot of people. It's just yeah, that's frank. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, oh yeah. The, so there there are these different things. I don't know if I'm supposed to like defend defend the gospel tract we use or not. But no, I'm just no, gonna, no. I th- I'm I think associate myself from the ministry for a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. I I think that um, because I use that and I'll still use that tract. I'm just gonna say it. Is it all right? Oh, sure. The four laws. It's a yellow booklet. Um. It's it's changing now. People are starting to use something else. Do you want to know God personally? Oh yeah, I think knowing God personally. Do you guys do you guys use that now? You know, to be honest, I just use whatever I have in my backpack. Yeah, I I think towards the end of college, I started using the other one, and I got kind of messed up because they changed stuff around. <laughs> but <laughs> so your presentation itself got a little yeah, because you yeah. know once you do it enough, you start memorizing it, and you just page through and you talk to them instead of reading it. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think that. Depending on the situation, depending on the time that you have, if mm-hmm. random evangelizing is what you do, I think the four laws is perfect for that scenario where you can talk to someone about Jesus. And it might not be you, and the person might get annoyed by it, but that's not saying that they didn't have the opportunity, and that's not saying that someone else can have, like, it's not just like a cold entry point now. They kind of understand what's going on a little bit, sure. and it might make more sense later on. Right, right. It's and actually, that kind of goes back to an interesting point that we want to end this uh, this section of it off with, is that uh, 
basically what we're expecting out of sharing the gospel randomly is that someone will have their whole life turned around which is i think the argument that david platt is uh trying to make is that sometimes a simple random evangelism experience doesn't necessarily call for entire life change which is what the gospel is right new life in christ and uh, a departure from our old way of living and you know like how does a five minute presentation and i say this in quotes you know five minutes right uh but how does a five minute presentation really inspire an entire role reversal in life you know where i once used to do this pattern live in this pattern of life but now i'm gonna choose to commit myself to another way of it Right, and so does it does it change anything at all? Right, right, and this is one, this is the one common criticism that I've heard that really like hit hit hard for me, is that like is there real gospel living in this new gospel life uh, that that they have now been presented with, and so uh, that kind of goes into our next section here, uh, which is the simple question then why bother with random evangelism? So why does it? How does it help even? You know, um. The Bible is really clear that it's not simply the speaker who helps a person to come to Christ. It's not the message that helps the person come to Christ, but it's the Holy Spirit who's at work, working within any any and every individual to to convict of sin. And that conviction of sin needs to be there first in order for someone to uh, repent of it, right? I mean, if we don't think we're sinners, then there's very little need for a savior in our life and the bible lays it out very clearly that it's the holy spirit who will convict the world of their sins and it's the spirit that will bring us to our knees before our our redemptive savior in order to have that and so it's it's such an important uh idea that we sometimes we empower ourselves too much by working methodologies of ministry so that a person might come to christ you know sometimes uh i see the church is really struggling with uh how can we make this program more approachable and acceptable to a person so that they might feel accommodated to and feel welcome within our church and it totally leaves out the power of the holy spirit and the working of the holy spirit to do what he needs to be doing which is to to work at the soul level we only touch superficial needs you know yeah. So I, yeah. So I just uh, want to get that off my chest. <laughs> it's off your chest. Okay. So it's out there. Um. But yeah, in light of that, uh, the Bible does encourage uh, random evangelism in other other respects too. Um. Jesus has done it. Um. The woman at the wall is a great example. She was just chilling there. He approached her. You know, like that's, that's just yeah. That's still one of the oddest interactions. Like, if so, if I went out to someone, it's like, could I get some water? And there's like, I do not have water. <laughs> <laughs> Talking all philosophical, I'm like, what, yeah. bro? Um, I, I'm okay, out. Crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tell me like, I don't know, <laughs> your your husband is not your husband. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is you this know, nonsense? That might be weirder to us just because we're from California and they're like, there's a lot of hippies out there and stuff that <laughs> might actually come up to us to say random stuff like that too. Oh you know? man, or like crazy ho- homeless people that start like yelling at you and saying random things. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Let's be honest, we've had that happen to us before. <laughs> yes. But yeah. No. Ran- uh, so Jesus did it. Jesus himself did it. We have the apostles who have shown examples of random evangelism. Um, you know, I remembered um, Elijah. Do you remember Elijah? Um, the guy in the chariot, he saw the eunuch. That's a... Uh, <laughs> was it? That's Philip. <laughs> no, this, was that Philip? Wasn't yeah, there Elijah? Elijah got swept away by a chariot. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, dude, you're talking. I, I, I teach this passage all the time. 
it's Philip who uh, met an Ethiopian eunuch, right? Was and he's it? reading he's reading out of the passage out of Isaiah. Yeah, yeah, says, yeah, yeah. I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah, it's Philip. But uh, go on. No, no I, I just remember that, and it, that oh. was, like, completely random. <laughs> no, but that, <laughs> you know? was, that was actually the example I was going to use, ironically. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so, like, Philip is just chilling. He's, like, if you read the Bible context, he just uh, boned out of Jerusalem because Stephen just got, got uh, executed. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just walking around, <laughs> and he's not sure where to go, but he's just on making his way on to, uh, I think it's Judea. And the thing is... This Ethiopian eunuch is just chilling right on a chariot, and I don't know how Philip knew that he was reading Isaiah. He might have been reading it out loud or whatever it is, but he just goes up and is like, hey, do you know what you're reading? And shares the gospel, baptizes him right there, and boom, that's it. Uh, Bible <laughs> yeah, that's says, it, literally. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says he appeared somewhere else in Azadus, I think it is. Right, right, right. moves on with his ministry. And it's, yeah, that's not. there's no follow-up there. <laughs> there's no um, long-term Bible study going on with him or there's, I mean, Philip wasn't even ready for that, but he's just like, shoot, if this opportunity is here, I'm just going to jump on it, you know? Yeah. And so there is a biblical precedent to this. Uh, uh, they have randomly evangelized, and this is this has happened. But uh, most importantly of all, um, this, is a pa- this isn't the scripture of the day, but there's a passage in Philemon. I think it's in verse 6. I'm going to try to paraphrase from memory here, but it says, uh, basically, sharing the gospel helps to inspire a greater understanding of the gospel for those who share it. Um, I think uh, the, the verse goes, I pray that you'll be faithful or something like that to, to continue to share your faith uh, yeah. so that you might know every good thing that is in the gospel. Do you, do you have the verse in front of you by any chance? To my internet just knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like Philemon essentially just talks about that where uh, he encouraged or the author of the, the letter of Philemon, um, he encourages Philemon himself to continue to share the gospel uh, so that he can gain a full understanding of every good thing that he has in Christ. And the thing, the thing that I like to share on that is that, you know, uh, for those of us who have come to Christ, we have one salvation story in front of us, our own. But the more you start sharing it with another person, you see salvation working in different ways in front of, in the light of other people. Like you and I, for instance, Chandler, uh, we have very different salvation testimonies. And the way the gospel has worked in both of our lives is so intricately different. That shows two angles of who God is and what he's able to do. And the more we share, we get to see the gospel working in a very different way. And as we see see the gospel working in a different way, what it gives us is a a reflection of an understanding of who, who God himself is. And the more we see these different rays and angles of God, we get to see a greater understanding of who God himself is, too. Right. yeah, I mean, like, there's actually a benefit to those who continue to share the gospel and not withhold it, but, you know, share it bro- broadly and uh, so broadly and, and uh, generously and abundantly, right? And we get to reap a harvest that's also abundant and, and generous for ourselves as well. Yes. So I think the two of us have uh, very uh, different witnessing stories uh, of random evangelism. Um I've been talking, so my throat needs a needs a bit of a rest. Uh, Chandler, you want to uh, just go ahead and chime in with your own personal sharing witness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a couple that I was thinking of, but one of the one of the ones that was pretty memorable for me was um, I was in Thailand. Since we're talking about Thailand a lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was I forgot what it was, but 
oh, my team didn't really speak English very well. So, um, the team you were working with, the team, my own team <laughs> that I went with, like I went with a bunch of fobs. Right. So I got tasked to speak to every single, um, American person that I see. Cause we were seeing a couple of people here and there. Right. So I saw this guy, I forgot where I met him. I invited him to our, like that, like a night or something. And then like I ended outreach? up. Yeah, like an outreach, and then I ended up talking to him, but he had already told me that he was a Christian. Mm. So I was like, "Hey, why don't you come out and hang out with us, and we'll chill. There's free food, and um, yeah, we could, we, I could get to know you, and we could talk and be friends, you know." Um, I ended up sharing the four spiritual laws with him, and as we were going through it, he ended up saying that he believes in Buddha, and he believes in. Um, all these other religions he started bringing up and he's basically said that these all things are true, including this one, but you can't say that Jesus is the only way. Right. It's contradictory. Yeah. And like we had a short discussion kind of long maybe, but it got me to think that if I left that random evangelism point with just, Oh, you're Christian. Hey, why don't you come out? And he had never come out. And I, right. I, I hadn't decided to just share again because that's what I wanted to do with him. Um, that I would have never known that this guy possibly didn't ever hear the gospel because he thought all these different things were true. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. That, that really shocked me because I always thought that if someone said they're Christian, you should just leave it there and then that mm-hmm. should be it. And don't waste your time because they're already saved. But right. sometimes when they're already saved, you can go up to them and just say, hey, can I share this again with you? Or um, I'm just trying to practice or, you know, um, have you seen this before? Do you think we could just go through this real quick? It doesn't take too long. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to talk to you about it. Um, and it really opens up a different perspective on um, people that say they're Christian, but maybe they aren't, you know? <laughs> right, right. So yeah. it was very interesting. And that's one of the things it was on my first mission trip with our organization. And it was, I guess the time that I shared that stuck out the most because it was so like the tables turned on me all of a sudden. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Right, right, right. Okay. Well, I I think one of the interesting takeaways from that is that a simple random encounter kind of opened the door for you to be able to really explore the dude's faith. Yeah. And find out more about him rather than, just be like, oh, you're Christian, you're Christian, cool. Yeah. See ya. Sure. <laughs> um, there was another, uh, there, there's a, this is also like early days of my Christianity. So we're kind of go, going way back into history. Not that there's no other stories that, that we can, there isn't any other stories we can share. But um, this actually happened a couple of weeks after I, be, I came to Christ. Um, uh, as you recall, we both had to... Uh, a minimum requirement of how many people to share to in order to get the full training benefit out of did our... Did we? Yeah. I Did we not? I don't know. I, I remember something like that. I remember I, I, I started going out witnessing a lot more my freshman year because of something. Maybe that was it. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I felt personally very burdened to share because 
like I, I don't know if I had something to prove or just wanted to give it a shot, but I, I felt personally very challenged and convicted. And this was only like a week or two after um, I had come to Christ myself. And um, so I took the four spiritual laws and uh, I remember going out. Uh, so this particular day, there wasn't anyone to go go share with. I think I came after the re- regular time that we all usually go out. So I was on my own kind of sharing. Right. And I remember approaching, um, so I was the second year at the time, and I approached the third year guy, and he was an Asian guy, and I remember thinking, like, oh, this is freaking scary. Uh, like, really putting yourself out there, right? And I, I remember sharing the four spiritual laws with him, and we got through uh, the the presentation of it, and he just sat there, and he started, like, tearing up. And I remember thinking, No like, way. Yeah, I was like, um, you know, as Asians, we don't like to cry in public, <laughs> and more so as guys, you know. So, it's it was a very awkward situation. I'm just sitting there, and this older guy's crying in front of me, and guys really suck at consoling each other in pain. You just kind of usually what we do is like we sit there, drink it's beer like, together, and like sit quietly. Like, Are you right? Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. okay. You want to just chill for a little bit and like, yeah, yeah, just let me sit here. And you're just sitting there for like next two hours. Uh, no way. One person's on the smartphone and the other person's just like, oh, man, life sucks, dude. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I'm in this awkward situation where this uh, third year guy is like just uh, crying and he starts burying his soul to me. And I'm thinking like, freak, I, I don't know what to say. I just found Jesus myself, you know? And yeah. He, he started sharing about all these different things. And um, actually... It turns out that all the stuff he was sharing with me was stuff that he had learned from church in his own Bible studies. And he felt like this presentation was bringing everything full circle. So the ironic thing was I came here to win him over for Christ, but I ended up getting a a great Bible study out of it myself. (laughs) You know, he was... uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, he was flipping through like five or six different passages out of the scriptures. And he had them all like labeled with like book bookmarks and stuff like that. So he's just like starting teaching me and... It's. I think it's the funniest but uh, most practical way of explaining that back. Uh, Philemon one six, you know, where it says, uh, like, like I said earlier, uh, you get to learn every full thing, uh, or rather, every good thing that you have in Christ. And you know, you just never know what ends up happening. God really works in those moments too. And I want to encourage everybody, you know, uh, contrary to uh, popular dissent, um, that really because the Holy Spirit doesn't work, you can never predict any of these. Uh, these encounters with anybody so on that note yeah um, yeah yeah one one story really fast sure sure all right so um my freshman year i was scared you know you get you get you get the jitters so yeah, no, man. this one day i was scared and i was like oh man i'm just gonna go share i'm just gonna share to this um oh that mexican guy looks like he already knows jesus you know <laughs> so if you share to someone that is already knows jesus um, maybe he won't reject me, you know? Cause I think, I think I remember that day I had gotten rejected by like five or six people. Ouch. And I was just like, I was walking around. It's been already like 40, 45 minutes. And I'm just like, oh man. So I, I go to this guy and I'm like, Hey, do you want to? And, and I see him across the, the, like the quad. Yeah. He's like sitting down and I'm like, Oh, that Mexican guy, he's, he can't reject me. I'm just going to do it at least here. And then I go. And I sit next to him. I start talking to him, and it turns out to be like a Pakistani guy, and he's like Muslim. I'm like, oh damn! <laughs> Whoa. I was like, Jesus, I'm sorry. So like, he started talking to me, and I started talking to him. And this is like, like first couple times that I went witnessing. Right. So yeah. I'm still relatively new, and this guy busts out a question like something crazy, like, um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, what's that verse with the, uh, um. 
All have sinned and we're dead. Oh. Dang uh, it. Uh, is it like Romans 6? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so, Romans 3 or something like that. One of so those the question that he asked was, if you, if you do not sin, do you not die? And I was like, I'm sitting there as a freshman. This guy's like a grad student. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shoot, man. And then the, the line that came up to me is that, no, but all have sinned. And then he's like, oh, right. uh, he can't deny that. Right, right. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was interesting, and I was sweating like cold sweats. Like I was Niagara Falls cold sweats. <laughs> but looking back on it, it was funny, and I was able to share the gospel with him, and I was able to talk to him. And I think sure. through the experience, I learned more maybe than he did because um, I was able to learn, I guess, mm-hmm. just more about different people and how they thought. And even that that line, like if you don't sin, do you not die? Yeah. is not something that I've ever thought about. You right, know, it's a pro- provocative question there dude. yeah and it's talking about spiritual death too yeah, so yeah. um regardless you know you die everyone sins yeah. yeah well um on that note then uh i mean i think chandler and i can go like for the next hour just talking about different witnessing stories um but here's here's the last uh bit of food for thought uh today's scripture actually comes out of the book of romans once again Uh, This is Romans chapter 10, verses 11 through 15. And it says simply, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Good news. Amen. Amen. You know, so uh, don't let criticisms of others really uh, deter you from living in the encouragement of the scriptures, uh, which makes it very clear to us that uh, people need to hear the gospel. Hey, what was the the most... The longest you ever talked to someone during witnessing. I'm sorry. Can you say that was one it? Time? Was it that guy? What was the longest you ever like sat with someone during witnessing? Oh no, dude! I, there was one dude I sat with for like three hours, and we just kept discussing a lot. Cause he really opened up on his life with me. And oh, really? Yeah, and we got to talking, and at the end of it all, I mean, he was asking me to share my story. I was sharing with him, uh, and he was sharing his own life with me. And one of the things that uh he asked at the end of it was so you're christian are you happy now and i mean i don't i don't know the end result of that because uh he we we can never get in touch with each other again but i have to hope that maybe that was a a seed being planted in his heart too no i think so you talk to someone for three hours that you don't know you you kind of remember (laughs) something like that yeah right but i mean then again uh the enemy is working against against the work that his uh, God's people do. So this true. We just don't know. So so my story, my story really fast was um the first time I ever went witnessing, I went with this guy named Shibum. Mm-hmm. You remember Shibum? Yep. Shy bum. <laughs> and we went, and he's like four or five years older than me, and we go talk to some lady, and we were I was just sitting there for like two hours, and I was just like. I forgot what he was talking about, but I think they had miscommunication. <laughs> mm. 
But God works through all miscommunication because she actually came out. <laughs> like two years later, someone else talked to her and she came out and she oh. was someone else's. Yeah. So I thought that I, I was sitting there at the time and I was like, dude, this is freaking awkward. What are we doing here? I'm sitting here for two hours. And then two years later, it's like, it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. You just don't know, man. Yeah, you really don't know. Sure. And I, it didn't, I felt like Shibom didn't make any like, like, you know. I don't think he made... I felt like at the time, if you told me, like, what's unsuccessful witnessing, I might have said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that day, because I felt like, oh, uh, the communication wasn't going, you know? Right, right. There's a lot... It's not, not, not... Like, the heart was there. Like, I, don't get me wrong. Right. <laughs> but I don't know if the words came out right. But, yeah, everything changed. And I was like, dang. Okay, God, you win. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Praise God for that, too. I really hope uh, more of you guys will have testimonies that you guys can share. Um, I want to ask you guys to do something. Uh, I want to encourage you guys. If you have any stories of of um, sharing the gospel and uh, any testimonies that you can share with us, go ahead and uh, comment on our Facebook page or, or tweet it out at us. Uh, it can be a longer post and just message us or whatever it is. But uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys as well. Uh, and so uh, in order to do that, you can always check us out at our Facebook page. It's called uh, The Desire of the Fire Podcast. Um, also, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, I am Super Dan Zero, and Chandler is Boom Chandler. <laughs> you sound like a robot saying that, but Boom, boom Chandler. Chandler. Uh, and uh, we want to ask you guys to rate our podcast. Uh, let us know. Give us feedback. Uh, five stars if you really do enjoy it. But anything's welcome. And for uh, every five star rating, Daniel will shave his back. There's always a different promise every week. But last <laughs> week, uh, we touched on it. I, I really like the idea. If you uh, give us five stars, we'll read your comment on, on the podcast. And uh, really thank you for uh, commenting here. Um, and so, yeah, uh, share your stories with us. Uh, we'd really love to hear from you guys uh, this week. So thank you. Uh, and just keep the fire burning, everybody. Keep the fire burning. Even if you're scared, just go. We still get scared, too. But Jesus said to go. <laughs> Yeah, dude. No, no joke. I still get scared. I'm in, I'm in college. I'm like 10 years older than these kids. Yeah. I still get scared, man. Yeah. It happens. Anyway. It always happens. All right, guys. We, we are burning up and it is hot and it's time to go. Adios. See ya.